Are you ready to unlock the power of your emotions and achieve true emotional resolution? In today's episode, I sit down with Cedric Bertelli, an expert from the Emotional Health Institute, to explore the transformative world of emotional resolution. Discover how this innovative modality is reshaping the way we understand and manage our emotions. We'll delve into the profound impact emotional resolution can have on your mental well-being, relationships, and overall quality of life. So sit back, settle into this insightful conversation on today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. This is Holistic Counseling, the podcast for mental health therapists who want to deepen their knowledge of holistic modalities and build their practice with confidence. I'm your host, Chris McDonald, licensed therapist. I am so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome back to another enlightening episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host once again, Chris McDonald here. And today we're embarking on a journey into the world of emotional well-being and resolution. Emotions are a fundamental part of our human experience, shaping our thoughts, actions, and the way we interact with the world. Understanding and effectively navigating these emotions is essential to leading a fulfilling life. And that's where emotional resolution, which we're going to learn about today, comes into play. In this episode, I have Cedric Bertelli, a recognized expert in emotional resolution, which is a revolutionary approach to emotional healing that has transformed the lives of countless people. Cedric has dedicated his career to helping people overcome stress, anxiety, depression, and PTSD, as well as other negative emotions using this body of work. And during this conversation, we'll explore the key principles of it, how it works in a session, the impact of it, and how it can help empower individuals and practitioners alike to make profound shifts in emotional well-being. Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, Cedric. Hi, thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me. Well, I thought we'd jump right in if that's okay with you. Sure, absolutely. Can you provide our listeners with an overview of what emotional resolution is and how it differs from other approaches to emotional well-being and therapy? Absolutely. Uh, so emotional resolution is a body of work and that's crafted by the Emotional Health Institute, which is based in the USA, France and Japan. And what it is, is based on the understanding that we have today of how the brain constructs disruptive emotional pattern, how we can allow the brain or the body to resolve this, this disruptive emotional pattern. And when I say resolve, I mean resolve. This is not emotional regulation. So maybe that's how it might differ um, from some of uh, other works out there, uh, out there. It is that we're really aiming to resolve the pattern that the client is coming to treat. So when you say emotional regulation, so it's not just managing the emotion. So that's kind of the difference. That's right. The goal is, um, or the, the intention is really for the pattern, the disruptive emotion um, that is creating an issue for the client to be uh, completely resolved. So I know one question that you had mentioned before was, how does our brain construct emotions? Because I know this is all scientifically based that you guys, can you share with my listeners what that means? Yes, absolutely. And and what I'm going to share is not it's not mine. It's mostly based on the work of Lisa Barrett, Lisa Fenland Barrett out of Boston, and Antonio Damasio, but also Bruce McEwen, 
So how does the brain construct disruptive emotional pattern? Well, yes, two things we need to be aware of. The first thing that we know, at least for now, uh, is that at the origin of every single one of our disruptive emotional pattern is an instant of trauma. So what is a trauma is an instant that holds too much stress for us to take on at the moment when we live it. That's what a trauma is. And it can be emotional stress or physical stress. So that's the first thing. At the origin of every single one of our pattern, disruptive emotional pattern, is an instant of trauma. That's the first thing we, uh, we have to keep in mind. The second thing is one of the main job of the brain is to predict. Our brain or subconscious brain constantly predict based on past situation. This is how we stay ahead of the, the game, so to speak. Uh, we can see that with uh, food. If I'm having uh, a Granny Smith apple when I'm five years old, for example, the next time I'm going to have a Granny Smith apple, doesn't matter if I'm still five, six or seven, right before I'm about to buy this apple, I'm going to predict already instantly what sensations I'm going to, to experience. It's a prediction. It's the same thing for an emotional difficulty, you see. When we experience a trauma, it doesn't matter how old we are. It can be in utero, at birth or much later. When we experience a trauma, there is a natural mechanism happening if the prefrontal cortex is already formed, is that there is an instant of dissociation. When the stress is too high, there is dissociation, so we do not suffer too much during this instant of trauma. That's normal, that's a defense mechanism. Now, one of the main job of the cognitive, the prefrontal cortex, is to filter information. What you and I, we are aware of right now, uh, is about 2,000 bits of information per second. That's what we are aware of. 2,000 bits of information per second. And our cognitive brain processes these 2,000 bits of information at a speed of about 100 to 150 miles per hour. Simultaneously, your subconscious brain, my subconscious brain, all our subconscious brain have the potential to grab about 400 billion bits of information per second. 400 billion from the subconscious. And the subconscious processes this information at a speed of about 150,000 miles per hour. When the cognitive, when the conscious and the subconscious recursive are congruent or in sync, then uh, there is no problem. We just deal with what the conscious is grasping, what we are aware of. Now, during an instant of trauma, the cognitive, the conscious, we could say, shut down, as I say, so we don't suffer too much. Now, it's a bit as if the subconscious is taking over. Now you have this huge vortex gathering tons and tons of information, 400 billion bits of information per second at a speed of 150,000 miles. And what are these information? This information are purely sensorial. Your subconscious mind is going to gather what you smell, what you taste, the temperature of the room, what you hear, everything that is available through the five senses. And the subconscious mind is also going to record the physical sensation that you're feeling in your body during this very instant. But all this information, all this data is non-linear, meaning that it's like a huge uh, vortex open and all this data is rushing it. And then uh, when the, the conscious mind come back in the story, so to speak, the, the gate, the, the vortex is closed. Now, how do we know that we feel an emotion? We know that we feel anxious or angry or afraid because we're feeling sensations in our body. These physical sensations, it's called interoception. If we're connected to our body, right? Because I think a lot of clients I see are dissociated too from their body. Absolutely. You're right. Uh, that, that, that definitely happens. 
But however, if somebody experiences that emotion, even if they don't realize that they feel sensations, there's a sensation. They, that's right. That's why they feel an emotion. Uh, if not, even depression, people who are depressed and feel low and uh, numb, this numbness actually is a lack of sensation. But it is also sensorial. It's all sensorial. It's all linked to uh, interoception. Interoception is managed by a part of the brain called the interocortex. The interocortex allows us to know what we feel. Anxious, angry, thirsty, hungry. All this is interoception. When it comes to emotion, these physical sensations that we feel during an emotion, what are they? Well, those physical sensations are a prediction from the brain. We could say, we could say, an outdated prediction from the brain. Basically, it is fascinating to realize that the physical sensations that let us know that we are feeling an emotion were the, are the same sensations that were felt during a specific traumatic event in our life. The physical sensations that let us know that we're feeling an emotion are the physical sensations that your body or my body is predicting that we are about to experience based on a past trauma. And why is that? It is because in our current situation, in our current life today, there is something in our greater environment that reminds our brain, reminds our body of an element that was present during a past trauma. And when the body is, is exposed to the stimulus, that we know what the stimulus is or not, it's irrelevant. When the body is exposed to the stimulus, it is going to automatically predict what physical sensations we're about to feel and generate them. That's interoception. So why is interoception important? Interoception is important because it is in large part the solution for us to resolve our, our emotional difficulties. And this is, I mean, the process is quite simple. You see, every time we feel an emotional difficulty, we have the tendency as human beings to control. We shut down what we feel. We control what we feel. We try to control the environment when we feel this emotion constantly. Now, that's a problem, you see. Every time we try to control our emotion or our environment as we feel an emotion, we do not let the prediction plays out until the end. The sensorial prediction plays out until the end. What we found at the Emotional Health Institute, and we're not the only one, of course, is that when we let the body play out the physical prediction, the interoceptive prediction until the end, without any type of control from the therapist, from the client, or on the environment, at the end of the prediction, the brain is expecting to be hit with some kind of danger. Now, when we do MRS, emotional resolution, in a session, or if the client learn to do MRS on themselves by themselves, at the end of the prediction, nothing is happening. We are safe and sound. From that very second, the prediction is updated. What does that mean? That means that when we go to the whole through the old prediction that never lasts longer than 90 seconds, by the way, a prediction takes between two and 90, 90 seconds, never more. When we can let the pred prediction plays out in the body without any type of control, which is easier said than done, at the end of the prediction, the emotion, the prediction is updated instantly and permanently. And that's what we do emotional resolution. That's interesting. You said 90 seconds. I did hear that from another guest that, that that's what our brain is, is, will do if we don't put, attach a story to things too, right? If we let it play out, because that's the problem is we'll just be like, oh my God, this happened before. And then we get caught up with anxious thoughts and 
you know, one anxious thought leads to another. And before we know it, we're spiraling. What you say here is very important, Chris, because you're right. It is 90 seconds per prediction, but human beings are very complex machine. So I feel an emotion and then right away I feel another emotion. Let's say I feel anger. And then right away in a split of second, I'm going to feel guilt and then shame and then resentment. So one of the key of MRES is to isolate every single one of these emotions and resolve them one after another. That's why I refer MRES as a body of work because we put together a body of work that's allowed to do that. The brain, I mean, emotion comes to the brain at a speed of 150,000 miles per hour. That means that within, I don't know, five seconds, you can have five, even more emotion happening. We don't see that as human beings. We make it, so we make it the, like one label, so to speak. But in the brain, it is often several emotions starting one after another, kicking, firing up one after another. So the key is to be able to isolate an emotion, resolve it. Isolate it, resolve it. That's why it doesn't resolve as well. Because they come so quickly one after another that it's difficult for a prediction to play out until the end. So 90 seconds for it to play out, but then there's multiple emotions there. What happens when you when someone is in emotional resolution session? So it sounds like, is this like a body-based kind of treatment or method? Yes, absolutely. It's um, We could say it's body-based because we mostly work with physical sensations. We mostly work with interoception. Of course, we're going to ask questions to the client to specifically re-trigger in a very respectful and gentle way the emotions that the client wants to resolve. So how it works uh, during a session, often we start the session with a specific situation, current situation, that hold the emotion that the client wants to resolve. I say current because we never take a trauma. We're never going to uh, take a traumatic event to work in, a, in an emotional resolution session. And there's many reasons in that. But one of the reasons is you cannot heal trauma. It sounds good. You know, trauma healing sounds really good. But you cannot heal trauma. Trauma happened. It happened and it's in the past. Now, what we can heal are the wounds created by trauma. And that's what we're aiming to do here. You're a therapist yourself. I'm sure you noticed that uh, it, from one traumatic event, doesn't come one emotion. From one traumatic event comes a whole a whole list of emotional difficulties that are impacting the client in their life today. And it's perception too. And the perceptions and the belief, etc. So the first work is to look at what is happening today in the life of the client and, 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 and almost listing all the difficulties that are linked, for example, to a trauma if we work in a trauma. And then we're going to work on one difficulty at a time to really light up or, if we can, on most of the wounds, or at least the conscious wounds of the trauma. And then we, we start working on the subconscious wounds. And we do that through uh, different ways, through questioning, through um, a work that we call the Emerald's Journey as well, that works a bit more with the subconscious, uh, through metaphors and image. Building a private practice can be challenging. It can be difficult to attract the right clients and manage the business side of things. Growing your caseload, navigating insurance, billing and paperwork take up significant amounts of time, and that's all in addition to delivering great care to your clients. That's why Alma gives clinicians the tools they need to build a thriving private practice. When you join their insurance program, you can get credentialed within 45 days and access enhanced reimbursement rates with major payers. They also handle all of the paperwork from eligibility checks to claim submissions, and guarantee payment within two weeks of each appointment. 
In addition to their insurance program, Alma offers time-saving tools and administrative support so you can spend less time on paperwork and more time delivering great care to your clients. Learn about building a thriving private practice with Alma at helloalma.com. That's helloalma.com to get started. So how was this created, this method? I think at the origin, we could say that it's a gentleman called uh, Didier Goudou that started uh, really working on uh, on MRS. And himself, he got inspired by several other professionals, such as Jean-Paul Rességuin in France and, and others. But uh, how, it, uh, how it came to life was to really notice that uh, when we are able to trigger an emotion very specifically and allow the client to basically do nothing, which is not easy, but to do nothing as the sensations of the emotion is playing out in the body, well, the emotion wasn't coming back. So from this simple observation, uh, the idea was how can we reproduce that as simply and efficiently as we can? And then we notice what we just talked about earlier, that is that within five seconds, someone can have five, six, seven emotions. And we, uh, we, we notice that working with horses. We have a wonderful lady, Dr. Naila Sherino in France. She's a veterinarian. Uh, and we've working, she's doing MRS with horses and farm animals, really, but mostly horses and cows. And working with horses, she noticed that what the farmer sees as one emotion Actually, when you work with a horse, it's five, six, seven, eight, nine instant of fears that lead that lead to what we see as human beings, one emotion. So from uh, working with horses and working with her, because she, she, she's really uh, the professional in this, we established, I don't like the word protocols, but methodologies uh, that allow to slow things down and get each emotions held through a short period of time to get the body, to give the body to the time to resolve them, one after another. And then we developed uh, another side of the work um, through questioning, very specific questioning that allow the body to bring up emotions that we're not really aware of. Often it's things to guilt and shame, fear, um, that allow us to resolve them as well. So when we do a session, we're going we're gonna to resolve a whole web of emotion. I never would have thought there was that many emotions Usually in therapy, we're like asking the client, like, what does this bring up in you? What is the emotion? Usually it's one, right? I never thought that there could be like a whole constellation. There is a whole constellation of emotions and a lot of them don't have names. A lot of them are just tensions in the body. You know, we have a very limited vocabulary for emotions because we have a very limited awareness of our emotion. We only notice the big ones, the anxieties, the angers, the fear. But the fact of the matter is we are crossed on a daily basis, I would say by tens, depending where we are in our life, or hundreds of tensions. And, you know, there is this quote from Van Gogh that I love. Uh, Vincent Van Gogh said, our smallest emotions are the captains of our lives as we obey them without noticing them. And that's very true. If we observe our body in our, on, a, on a daily basis, we notice how much we're influenced by the tensions that we are experiencing. If you and I, we meet, and as we meet, I become tense without really noticing it. But my body tenses, I might say, mm, I don't know about Chris, there's something about her. And I'm going to make up a whole story about you. But what might happen is just that your smell 
that I don't even notice consciously might remind my brain of a smell of a teacher I had in, in third grade and used to raise hell for me. And from your smell, my body is going to anticipate, so to speak, that you're my teacher again, yeah? And I'm going to be tense. Well, I'm not going to realize that. I'm just going to say, wow, I feel weird when I'm around Chris. There's something about her. And, and, and we do that all the time. These tensions that we're talking about now, they create most of the dynamics of our life. And, and, and because we're humans and we love to create stories, we don't love to create stories. That's the way that the brain works, right? Yes. But, but, but often we don't take tension for tension. We just make up story. And we, we, we don't even, I'm not going to try to resolve this. I'm just going to blame it on you. You know, yeah, that's her. I don't, yep, we're not going to be friends. And it's, that's nothing to do with who you are. So that's also part of the work of MRS. Is to, is to question everything, all the tensions. The work of MRS, the goal of MRS is not to be emotionless, to the contrary. The goal of MRS is to be able to experience the emotions that are congruent with our current reality. Instead of having the body reacting from past trauma, from past experiences. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm wondering with this methodology, is there a way that you use this safely? Because I know with some really big emotions with trauma that there can be a lot coming up for clients. And and I guess, is there any ways that you kind of help help the client to do this safely? Yes, absolutely. But first of all, we, we never work with, uh, with traumatic events, which helps. And then we slow things down meaning that we are really taking the emotion at its very beginning. So we take the client in their life today. So situation that happened a few days, a few weeks, a few months ago, but we take the emotion at the very beginning. You know, the emotions become overwhelming when there is accumulation of this emotion we talked about. When there is a panic attack, when there is a, an anxiety crisis, it's very rarely one thing. It's an accumulation of a lot of emotions happening extremely quick in the brain of the client. So our role as an MRS practitioner is to take the emotion at the very beginning. And at this point, there are only tensions in the body. The client never goes into an emotional state during a session. They only stay in a sensorial tension state that we stop, so to speak. We're all going to stop it to the contrary. We're going to let it change, but, but we're going to stop the cognitive of the client to not go into any kind of memory, not go into any kind of story, and to be like, boom, to be there with the body and to let the body process this emotion for the first time. I often tell my client, you're going to be intimate with your emotion for the first time. We are never intimate with our emotion. We always go to the cognitive. And because we go to the cognitive, it increases the emotion. And, and then it's too much. Yeah, and I know a lot of times people avoid the difficult emotions too. So I can see how this makes a lot of sense, this method too, because I know clients I see, it's just they just pack them away. Right. Oh, I feel that emotion. Okay, I'm going to put it away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because it's scary and it's uncomfortable. It's scary, of course. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. So it's, uh, uh, I often refer um, as MRS as the, the ultimate uh, hero journey, right? It's, uh, so you, you have to get inside the emotion. You have to take the time to go into the belly of the emotion. It's from the belly of the emotion that you can slay the dragon. You cannot run away from the dragon. Oh, I like that. The slay the dragon. <laughs> yeah. You have to go in the mouth of the dragon down to the belly and from inside and then you slay it and it becomes compost you know oh yeah mm -hmm. it's quite a visual to really think about that because yeah i talk to clients a lot about being able to face these fears and emotions that come up and 
Because I know that that seems to be one of the biggest struggles is, well, number one, accepting you have emotions, right? Because I don't want this. <laughs> I want this to go away. And and number two is is being able to face it, to be with it in the moment. I think that's a commonality among humans, right? Yes, absolutely. Often I refer, I use the word emotion, of course, but I also refer to them as tensions to really already put in the, in the mind of the client that, yes, it's emotional when you go into the emotion, but at the end of the day, it's only tension in the body. And, and uh, during a session, you will, we will never create all the sensations that are already present in their life. So it's, uh, yes, I, I re- often refer as tension. So some people are, are less, um, cautious and less afraid. Yeah, that, that was, I would think that would be less triggering too if you just call it attention. Yeah, that's right. So is this scientifically based, this method? Yes. I mean, the whole method is really based on the work of Lisa Feldman Barrett, Antonio Damasio, and Nina Bull was one of the first pioneers in somatic uh, therapy. So it's really based on neuroscience. We took a completely neuroscientific perspective and understanding to craft MRS. And we're having two studies, we have more down the line, but we have two studies about to come out within the next couple of years that, you know, clinical studies that uh, should really uh, bring some light into what's happening and how it's happening. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating to think about. I love all the neuroscience and there's so much about the brain that we don't understand. So the more I think we can look into these methodologies, I think there's more healing that can be had. Absolutely. And that is what we can understand and that is what we will never be able to understand. And still, the resolution can have that. I know I asked you earlier about migraine because I had a migraine today. So you said that this can be also used for physical issues, not just emotional. Yes, absolutely. Uh, We developed the work called MRS Applied to the Body. It was mostly drafted by Dr. Jacques Fumex, who is a gastroenterologist uh, in France. And we, we crafted a, a work called MRS Journey that allows to work with physical symptoms, migraines, eczema, growth, stomach, ulcers, I mean, you name it. And uh, uh, we enter through the symptoms. And as you know, often uh, symptoms, recurrent symptoms, have an emotional base. So we enter through the symptoms, so to speak, and through the symptoms, we are going to meet and resolve uh, unconscious fears. Uh, it's a bit as if you enter through the tree and you're going down the roots. I often refer to MRS as well as uh, entering the mycelium, the mycelium of, of the emotion. So we're going to enter through uh, the symptom and get in and discover all this wave of subconscious fear, subconscious trauma that are in us creating this symptom and resolve them one after another. So there can be multiple emotions there, like you said, the constellation. And- yes. In order for us, what we what we found is that one thing is, at least in the, on our level, for what we observe is sure that in order for us to have symptoms, there's always several emotional difficulties that create the symptoms. Always. I never found, and I've been doing that for a long time now, I never found somebody who came to see me for a physical symptom related to one specific emotion. It is always a web of emotion. Most of them are not conscious. Often, the emotion that we link to the symptoms is not really related to the symptom. Uh, most of the time, the big emotion that we, we, uh, we have in our lives are not the main reason why we have symptoms. And the reason is, 
we take care of our big emotions one way or another. If I have anxiety or anger, or I take care of it one way or another with booze, with uh, marijuana, with meditations, with yoga, with porn, you name it. But we regulate it one way or another most of the time, even on uh, unhealthy ways. Uh, and now the emotions, the subconscious emotions, the tensions that we referred to earlier, we barely feel them. So we don't do anything. They are very much active. And then they can be activated by anything. I mean, painting on the wall, an old family picture in the living room, the smell of the clothes. I mean, you never know what it is. So it could be just something neutral, but it's associated with something else. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you said resolution. So when somebody gets this emotional resolution, so it's not something that's just temporary. No. Uh, the, the, the idea is to, I mean, if we follow our logic and what we've been saying for years now is that once a prediction is resolved, once a prediction is updated, it's updated forever until proven wrong. This is how we learn in life, right? We're learning in life from being a little kid to now, to adults or until we die, really. We learn by updating predictions. Once a prediction is updated, it's updated. Once you learn how to ride a bicycle, you can stop riding for 10 years. You will know how to ride a bicycle. The prediction will be there. Now, it's the same thing with emotion. Once we update the prediction, it's an outdated prediction. It's an obsolete prediction. It doesn't serve the body anymore. We just didn't give him a chance to, uh, to play out until the end. We say that in nature all the time. You know, we always talk about the impala being chased by the lion. And then when the impala is back to a safe place. The impala shakes and doesn't hold on to trauma. Yeah, because during this moment of shaking or, or, or tension releasing, well, the body is going through a natural cycle. We don't do that as human beings because we learn to control so much or because our parents or educators controlled us so much. Or we try to control. That's right. But we many things control. are out of our control. Yeah. People Absolutely. struggle with that, don't they? Can you share any some success stories you've seen with MREF? Yes, of course. Uh, uh, about anxiety, for example, people coming to uh, to see us for anxiety, uh, debilitating anxiety, the anxiety being resolved. Uh, people coming to see us with a lack of self confidence or not being good enough. We have a lot of those, not feeling good enough. There is a belief, but it's also an emotion, as that can be resolved. Uh, people with uh, eczema. Uh, psoriasis from the neck down, that can be resolved. PTSD, uh, people who have been carrying PTSD for years since childhood. You know, again, uh, PTSD is not one emotion, it's several emotions. So we have to work for several sessions, of course. But yes, uh, having the weight of PTSD being lifted, etc. Or performance anxieties. Uh, for men, for example, uh, it can be uh, performance anxiety or for competition. People who are practicing sport in, in a high level and uh, are uh, very, very good where they train, but when it's time to compete, losing all their, their ability or a lot of their ability, that's uh, definitely something we can resolve as well. Wow. So that sounds really hopeful too. Yeah. For, I'm sure for listeners too, to know that there is some, some other modalities like this out there. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and you can go on the site and there's, uh, there's a lot of testimonials. Uh, there's a book out there with, with success stories, etc. So what is the training involved if any listeners would like to get trained in this and use this as part of their therapy? Absolutely. So it's a certification process. And the certification is three days of uh, training, like 
then the practitioner where they learn uh, the foundation of MRS that will all the, already be able to do a session, an MRS session after those three days. Then the practitioner in training need to do 10 sessions with client. Then we meet for some case study for three hours. Then the practitioner has to do 20 sessions with client. And we meet again for two days, that's module three. Then the practitioner has to do 20 more sessions. And then the certification, which is done on one-on-one for uh, two hours with the trainer. And after that, there are advanced class such as uh, MRS applied to the body, which is three days. And after certification, there's continuous education four times a year. We have force model what has been told, teaching of new tools, new technique, new understanding. Yep. That's great. So what's the best way for our listeners to find you to learn more about you and your work? Uh, the best way is to go to mres.com. It is E-M-R-E-S.com. And that's the mother ship, so to speak, uh, about emotional resolution. And if they want to reach out to me directly, it's cedricbertelli.com. Thank you so much. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was very interesting. Thank you, Chris, for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. That brings us to the end of another episode. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday when another episode drops. And are you ready to take your journey as a holistic therapist to the next level? I'd like to personally invite you to our growing community of like-minded individuals who share a passion for holistic therapy and the importance of investing in self-care. So come on over and join my Facebook group, the Holistic Counseling and Self-Care Group, a welcoming space to connect with other holistic therapists, ask questions, share experiences, and exchange ideas. Don't miss out and join us today at hcpodcast.org forward slash holistic group. That's hcpodcast.org forward slash holistic group. And once again, this is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Till next time, take care. Thanks for listening. The information in this podcast is for general educational purposes only, and it is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are giving legal, financial, counseling, or any other kind of professional advice. If you need a professional, please find the right one for you. The Holistic Counseling Podcast is proudly part of the SiteCraft Network.